0: Amazing! Think about that—that that one third of the Holy Trinity actually lives inside of you and me. To me, that is beyond awesome. That God would impart one third of Himself to live inside of His children—that is awesome, awesome, awesome. Now you know we hear so much about the war and and bombs and and bombs are destructive, very destructive. If someone wanted to throw a bomb at these speakers, not only would it destroy the target, but it would destroy everything else around the target. But a bomb never has and never will be powerful enough to reach the pit of hell. Never will happen. But the same spirit that already reached the pit of hell and raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you and me. Mm. Wow. (laughs) It already reached there. That same spirit. That means the spirit of power of the Holy Ghost that is on the inside of you and me has the ability to zero in on a malignant tumor destroy all those cancer cells and never harm any healthy tissue around it. It can zero in on any disease, anything, and destroy it and never harm any healthy tissue around it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's the kind of power that has already been imparted into you and me. That medicine, God's medicine on the inside of us, has an assignment to heal the body. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. That is awesome that we have one third of the Godhead actually lives on the inside of us. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 19, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? And you listen, you are not your own for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. So if God and Jesus live in heaven in this beautiful place. Do you think for one moment that he would want the other third of himself to live in a sick, crippled, mangled, diseased temple? No. He said, that is my temple. I live there. I want it healed. I want it to glorify me. Don't you ever think that he doesn't want you healed because I bought your body. And it's my temple. The other third of me lives in there. Now, I want you to glorify me. And you glorify me by you take my medicine. And if you have to take it every hour on the hour, you take my medicine. Because my medicine has been given an assignment to heal my temple. So you can never question, does he want me healed? Are you the temple? Oh, then yes. <laughs> oh, yes, he wants you healed because you have been bought with a price. And you just think about, just think about the medicine. He, cho- he could have chosen anything to be the medicine. He could have chosen on September 1st at 1015, if you'll stand under the sun, you would be healed. I mean, he could have, he could have chosen anything, but he chose to have his word be the medicine. That is his prerogative. That is what he chose. He chose his word to be the medicine for his temple. And who made who made the human body? God made the human body. And he gave us his word to heal the human body. So the human body made by God will never reject God's medicine. And God's medicine, coming from God, has an assignment to heal God's body. They both have an assignment. The the human body will never reject God's medicine. God's medicine will never reject the human body. Both made from God to blend and to work together, they have an assignment to work together together. Just like seed and soil. God made the seed. God made the soil. When you put that seed into that soil, that soil will not reject the seed and the seed will not reject the soil. And so it is with your body. Your body was made to respond to God's medicine, to heal it so that it can be glorifying the temple. I mean, it's just simple. And when you think it's simple, 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 simple. We just have to follow the instructions. How difficult can that be? You've got to have the ear gate, the eye gate, the mouth gate, and the heart gate all involved. I know sometimes it's a lot of work, but do you want a miracle? I mean, I, I like miracles. But there's a price to pay for them. It cost Jesus his life. Wimpy people don't win. Lazy Christians don't win. So like I said, the eye of faith has to see first what the natural eye does not yet see. And the ear of faith has to hear what the eye of faith sees. The ear of faith must hear, I is healed. The ear of faith hears. No weapon of sickness and disease formed against me will prosper. The ear of faith hears, my health is restored speedily. The ear of faith hears, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Let me just give you those scriptures. I'm just quoting them. Let me just, Isaiah, that's Isaiah 53, 5. This is God's medicine. Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 58, 8. Psalms 103, 5, that my life has been delivered from all destruction. There are some diseases are very destructive. Amen. Uh, Psalms 118, I will not die but live. Matthew 8:17 himself took my sicknesses and bore my, bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. If he bore them and carried them, we don't have to. Amen. So you need to understand the medicine and especially Proverbs chapter four, that whole, that whole little book on instructions from the great physician teaches you about Psalms chapter of Proverbs 420. But you've got to take the full dosage might be an inconvenience, but that's the way if you want to receive a miracle, amen, because all things are possible with God and all things are possible to him who believes truth and applies truth That will focus on the truth And not the facts The doctor gives you facts But Jesus gives you truth I never talk against doctors God uses doctors He uses medicine it is, it, Do not let anybody put you under condemnation If you go to a doctor You're mixing wisdom with your faith But you want to have faith in the healer Doctor can God can use doctors But There's some things that the doctor can't do That is still possible with the Lord Amen So, and if you uh, You know, if you're ever troubled with a sickness or disease Be careful who you talk to You don't have to tell everybody That you're going to the doctor Especially if it's uh, Close friends or family members That don't believe They'll pull you down in a New York second Tell you how stupid you are Don't go there Don't put yourself in that position I mean, if you only have one person that can be in agreement with you, if two or more agree, yes. you don't need a hundred people. Amen. Pray. I mean, I'll hear people that are sick and they, everybody on Facebook knows about it. Well, yes. do you think everybody on Facebook is on the same page as you are? No, they're not. And then they're going to start snaring you with the words of their mouth. Oh, did you hear so and so? They have, they have, they have. And they're just putting that right back on you. They're putting it so you don't have to tell everybody. Now turn if you would to John chapter eight. Don't you just love the word of God? Amen. Line upon line, precept upon precept. I mean it is just it's never returns void. Thank you, Lord, for your word. In John chapter eight, verse thirty two. You shall know the facts and the facts will set you free. Whoops. You will know the truth. See, the facts will never set you free. But that's where most people are. I'll ask them, they'll come up and ask me to pray for them. If I don't stop them, they will talk 20, 30, 40 minutes about all the facts, all the medicine, all the procedures, all the surgery. And I'll say, well, what scripture are you standing on? uh well uh you know no i don't know you tell me well you know i know jesus healed that's all you got that's all you've got and you wonder why is it not working because you have so magnified the facts what you magnify is what you will possess so you want to magnify the truth do not magnify the facts. Jesus himself said, the truth will set you free. Now look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Colossians 3, 16. Let the word of Christ, or we could say let the word of truth dwell in you. And what's that next word? Richly. That word richly is in there for such an important purpose. It is telling us what level to have the word in you. Have the word dwelling in you richly. If it's in you richly, guess what? You're going to get rich level results. Mm, But if the word is in you on a low, weak level... You will get low, weak, level results. You know, God has a purpose for every word he has put in that holy written word. And he says, put it in you richly. How are you going to get it in there richly? Through the eye gate, the ear gate, the mouth gate, the heart gate. That is how it gets in you. The eye gate and the ear gate, you keep looking at those scriptures, you keep hearing it over and over. Faith is going to get, grow deeper and deeper, and it's going to get into your spirit. And it's going to get in there on that rich level. I have been to Africa uh, numerous times. And actually, one time I was in lion territory and had to sleep in a tent. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Not my favorite place. But I've seen the lion's. When they attack a prey Do you know what kind of prey they attack A weak prey Why Because it's easy to devour A weak prey Well the bible says The devil Goes around as A roaring lion He is looking for Christians Who have the word in them On a low Weak level because he knows he can devour them. Because he knows, oh, they're going to get weary in well-doing. And they're going to get weak. And they're going to faint. And they're going to give up. And then he's got them. That's why the Lord said, you get that word in you on a rich level. Because when the devil comes, you're going to be able to stand strong. And when you do done all to stand, you just keep standing and when the symptoms get worse what are you going to do just keep standing you never change your testimony when Jesus spoke to Jairus after he had gotten the bad report about his daughter already dying and Jesus heard he knew what Jairus is going to think Jairus is now going to think well now it's too late But earlier, Jairus said, Jesus, if you will come to my house, my daughter will live and not die. But now he gets a negative report. And Jesus hears that report. And he knows exactly what Jairus is going to do. And so he said, fear not. Fear not what? He was telling him, fear not. Only believe what you already said. You said, if I come... Uh, To your house, she will live. I don't care if she's dead. You said she will live because all things are possible with God. So he was wanting Jairus, Jairus, don't change your testimony just because the symptoms got worse. See, you can't change your testimony. You got to know that you know that you know. And when it's in you on a rich level, you will know. No weapon formed against you will prosper No fear No more negative reports I don't care what the symptoms say I don't care how hard Your body is screaming out in pain You can't change your testimony The devil is just waiting to see How low How hard can I push them Till I find out That they're going to faint and give up Have the word in you Richly now look at the gospel of John John can you see how it works in John chapter 6 In John chapter 6 verse 63 Again this is Jesus speaking It is the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing but the words that I speak unto you They are what? spirit and life how do we worship God in spirit and in truth and Jesus is saying well my words are also spirit and life so when you go around and just uh, quote scriptures and again we need to speak the word of God you're meditating this stuff but just saying, Oh, I'm healed, I'm healed, and healed, and never take the and follow the instructions. You then you're t- it's just coming out of your mouth. But when you get it in you on a rich level, and then you begin to speak it from your spirit. Remember, worship only if you only worship from here, your worship is shallow. But when you worship from your spirit, then your spirit. Your worship has depth to it. It goes right into the very throne room of the Lord God Almighty. In the same way, when you speak those words, that no weapon formed against me will prosper, and it comes from your spirit, guess what happens? Life comes on those words. And where sickness and disease was a fact, life turns it around to truth. Yes, but you've got to see how it works. you just got to get it in there, and then you speak it from here, and God puts life on it. Let me have my three volunteers come up here one more time. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Here comes my body. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. If you go to a doctor for a physical examination... The only part he's going to examine is your house, right? That's your physical body. He's going to examine the outside or the inside of your house. And he might say to you, oh, I'm so sorry to tell you, but you have leukemia. You have diabetes. You have allergies. You have cancer. He says you. What well, which one is you? This is You. Your spirit doesn't have cancer, diabetes, or anything like that. No, you don't. Remember, he can only give you the facts. But if your mind is not renewed to truth, you're going to take ownership of that. Fear is going to grip you. And now your spirit might say, yeah, but it is written, by his stripes I'm healed. Yeah, but the doctor said, it is written, but I don't feel good. It is written, yah, but. There's no yah, buts in the book. That cannot even be in your vocabulary because it's not in here. There is never a yah, but. Until your mind is renewed, you will be defeated. I, have, I live in California, and every other year we have to have our houses uh, checked for termites. And the termite inspector comes out, and then he checks your house. And for example, he might come back and say, he'll knock on the door and he'll say, ah. Oh! Marilyn, I'm so sorry to tell you, but you have termites. I'm not going to take that personally. I know I don't have termites. I know he's talking about my wooden stubble house has termites. Not me, but he said you. Don't take it personally if the doctor says you have a disease. Do not take it personal. You know, the Bible says the wise man built his house upon the rock when? Before the storm came. Living in California, we have tall buildings in San Francisco and Los Angeles, San Diego. When they built those tall buildings, they make them as earthquake-proof as possible. And do you know when they do it? Before the earthquake. Not in the middle of the earthquake. That's why you have to have the word in you richly before the storm comes. Don't wait to the middle of the storm. So every day you ought to take a dose of God's medicine. Use your eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, and there you are. And this just reminds me of something. I have a little card in the back. I, I wrote this to help people get the word in them first thing in the morning. This is a laminated card to hang in the shower. There are scriptures for health and wealth. Because those are the two areas where the devil will attack you the most to keep you from doing kingdom business. So don't wait to the end of the day to light your path while you're shampooing your hair. It is written. My health is restored. My I'm free of migraine headaches. I have a good memory. I don't participate in senior moments. My vision is sharp and clear. My hearing is restored. You got it right there. Amen. So. Um, You need to understand how powerful your words are. Now, I'm going to promote you guys. Hallelujah. You thought I forgot, I'm sure. I need one more gentleman. Sir. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to role play. You ever have drama at Christmas time or something? Well, we're going to do a drama. I'm going to have you stand right here in front, brother. What's your name? Louis. Louie. Hi, Louie. Well, now, I'm going to let you be Jesus. Oh, glory. You get to be the Holy Ghost. You get to be God. God for the day. God for a day. You get to be the pillar of the church. I will be the devil. (laughs) I don't like volunteers for that part. So one day, the devil attacks our brother with sickness and disease. Now, he turns to Jesus. Now, uh, you know, when we pray, our prayers usually go one of two directions. We're either asking Jesus to do something he's already done, or we're asking Jesus to do something he's told us to do. So he turns to Jesus, and he begins to... This is Jesus. He begins to pray, but nothing happens. Except he just gets worse and worse. But keep praying, Louis. Gotta keep praying. He's praying, Jesus, heal me, heal me. But pretty soon the whole church is praying, but he just gets worse. What is Louis doing? He's asking, was it Louis? Yes. He's asking Jesus to do something he's already done. Calvary was so well done in one act, it is never going to be repeated. Never going to be repeated. So he's asking Jesus to do something he's already done. You can beg and cry and plead till the cows come home and nothing's going to happen. But one day, you can turn around, Louis. one day the eyes of his understanding are enlightened. And he opens the Bible to the Gospel of Luke 10, 19, and he reads, Jesus is speaking to Louis. he says, Louie, Behold, I have given you authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions, all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. So now the eyes of his understanding are enlightened to his authority. He begins, now he faces the devil. Now, I'm a guest, so you have to be nice to me. (laughs) And he begins to take his authority. (laughs) Spirit of cancer. I pull you down from your position of authority and I break the power of assignment you have against me for it is written. Now, before he did that, was he still saved? Yes. Still filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. But he was defeated. Saved, filled, and defeated. But now the eyes of his understanding are enlightened and he begins to come into agreement With the word of God and the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of him. The Holy Spirit is his helper. So when he begins to speak those words from his spirit, look what the Holy Ghost does. Put both your hands on his shoulders. The Holy Spirit, who is his helper... It's going to help him to not get weary in well-doing. He's going to help him to fight the good fight of faith. And when he prays in tongues, he's going to build himself up, praying in the Holy Ghost and staying in the love of God. Jude 20 and verse 21. Don't skip verse 21. Stay in the love of God because that's who, that's who he is. He is love. So he's igniting love he is igniting the help of the Holy Spirit so that he can continue to fight that good fight of faith. Look what else happens to Louis. Jesus, you also put both your hands on his shoulders. Keep stay up there, Holy Ghost. No, not God, not just, just the Holy Ghost and Jesus. Now the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for Louis. I think we forget that Jesus is interceding for us every day. Is that awesome or what? I don't know what Jesus is praying, but you can be sure he's got all the bases covered. Look what else happens. Now, God, you put both your hands on his shoulders. Wow, Louis, you feel that? Yes, I do. <laughs> the Bible says that God looks over the words that Louis speaks from his spirit. And God puts life on those words. Before Louis was saved, filled, and defeated. Look at Louis now. All of heaven is backing him up. When he takes his authority over that sickness, the devil doesn't see flesh and blood. The devil sees a spirit. Hold that, Louis. He sees a spirit of light, of force. Authority the devil sees the whole armor of God the shield of faith the sword of the spirits coming at him The Bible says the devil has to flee. It is not an option. You resist the devil He shall flee and the devil looks at you. He thinks uh been there done that I better go (laughs) He is kicked out of heaven and he sees that all of heaven is backing you up. Amen. Thank Thank you gentlemen Does that help you to grab hold of that? I want to give you a little illustration. I'm going to show you a a couple slides here in just a second here. Uh, I'm a volunteer chaplain for the police department uh, where I live. That's how I serve my community. They kind of work around my schedule. But uh, I I wear a bulletproof vest. I have a full police uniform. My job is to ride in the police cars with the officers. I kind of look like the Hulk. When I have that vest on. But uh, that's my assignment. So do you guys have that ready that we can show that slide? I wanted to show the picture of my... This is my personal bulletproof vest. Now, all the police officers, we have to wear this bulletproof vest. The purpose of this is it's like it's a shield for us. Uh, we look at that scripture, Isaiah 54:17 that no weapon formed against me will prosper. So as a police officer, we wear this vest. To stop the weapon from prospering. The weapon will still come. (coughs) Sickness and disease will still come. But it is not supposed to prosper. So if we have the vest on, that is to stop the bullet from prospering. But now, depending upon the impact of the bullet... All depends on what kind of gun or if it's a rifle, whatever is being shot at that police officer. Depending upon the impact of that bullet, it can actually knock you down. You can even feel sore from that impact, but it doesn't prosper. It doesn't kill you. However, if the officer is knocked down, he's not going to think, well, I guess I might as well give up and... Quit my job because I got knocked down. I guess the vest didn't work. No, it did work. It didn't. He, he's not dead. It just knocked him down. Well, so it is with sickness and disease. No weapon of sickness or disease shall prosper against you. It'll, it'll come. It'll be formed against you. But it doesn't have to prosper. But so often... The impact of the pain or the impact of that disease can actually put you in bed. It can actually put you in the hospital. And those symptoms can continue to get worse and worse and worse. And so often people think, well, I guess the word didn't work. I guess I'm just, uh, I wasn't destined to to be healed so they get weary and they give up and then the disease prospers they give up they think well I guess it didn't work no don't change your testimony just because it knocked you down you will get knocked down when I was in the hospital with malaria Every day I was getting worse malaria progresses very rapidly. It it uh, destroys your liver your kidneys your spleen and your blood uh, you, you are very nauseated you have a very high fever and every day I'm getting worse and worse it kills you very fast this this happened in in six days The disease specialist came in to tell me he says Marilyn. I'm sorry, but you are dying and if you want to say goodbye to your family, he handed me the phone. He said, You need to call them now. This afternoon will be too late. Mm. That's close. That That's very close. I thought, Well, God didn't heal me of cancer so I could die of malaria. That does not compute. I thought, No, I'm not going to call my family and tell them that. And I fell asleep. And I woke up about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and I thought, I'm still breathing. I am still alive. (laughs) Now, this whole week, repeatedly, I am taking authority over that spirit of malaria. And let me say something. Victory is never determined by the volume of your shout. I don't know about you, but when you're about to die, there's just not a whole lot of volume left anymore. I didn't have any volume but I still had the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me the same power that raised Christ from the dead is still alive on the inside of me and I thought devil you're going to see me sitting up today and I took a hold of the support bars on the side of my bed and I pulled and I pulled and I pulled until I was sitting up straight and then in the name of Jesus. I took authority over that spirit of malaria. And I knew then I just got the victory. I knew it. And I collapsed back in bed from exhaustion. Three days later, I walked out of the hospital. But by morning, my fever had broken. But you don't, you, you don't count how many times you take authority. It is a lifestyle. Right. And this is a copy of one of my medical reports. Uh, Marilyn Neubauer, St. Francis Hospital, Tulsa, Oklahoma, June 1986, July 1986. This medical report says this patient is going to die. These are the facts. Mm-hmm. Psalms 118, verse 17 is truth. I will not die, but live. So I chose to go with truth not the facts truth will always reverse the facts but you got to know I mean every day that weapon was getting stronger and stronger and stronger I'm now in the hospital I have now been given a death notice I have hours left to live but truth will always change the facts but you have to have that word in you on a rich level a rich level. No matter how bad it gets, uh, you've got to know that you know that you know. The only way you're going to know that is through the eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, heart gate. You've got to get it in you from the abundance of the heart. The mouth shall speak. You've got to learn to take that authority and to, to stand strong. Now, I want to show you the next picture. Uh, this is a picture of me with my oh. <laughs> police uniform on. Full-fledged, I look like a police officer, but I'm not one, but I I am a chaplain. But anyway, um, I've been with them now for 13 years, but the first couple of months that I was with them, uh, we were on a traffic uh, call, a traffic accident, and on a highway. And the police officer had to go and talk to the people that were involved in the car accident. Now there's a lot of traffic on the highway. He says, "Uh, chaplain? Sometimes they call me Chappie. One guy calls me Madre. <laughs> but he says, Chaplain, I need you to get out there and stop all the traffic. And I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> but I knew that was my job. And I, I just knew with the police department. I thought, oh, Lord, please let the car stop. And I'm walking out there. I think I had one eye shut. I mean, I, I was. I mean, I was a little hesitant, you know, about this thing. I thought, do these cars know that they have to stop when I get out there, you know? And I, I'm going out there and... I looked up, you know, and they all stopped. I thought, well, glory to God. you know, They all stopped. But they didn't stop because Maryland was in the middle of the road. They stopped because they saw that uniform. And they know the whole city, the whole state, the whole entire country is backing up a police officer when he stands there and says, stop. Ephesians 4.27, it says, You give no place to the devil. How many times a day do we say the word no? No, I don't want to go to the mall today. No, I don't want to go outside. No, I don't want to have to shovel snow. No, no, no. But when was the last time you ever said no to the devil? When that weapon comes against you, you say no. Stop right there. No trespassing. So you've got to have that bulldog tenacity that you absolutely refuse to be defeated. You've got to learn to say no. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You've got to learn. Sometimes you just have to learn to speak to your body. I can remember when I was in Bible school, And one of the things that I so wanted to learn to do, I wanted to be able to pray for at least an hour to keep up with all the other students. I mean, back then I thought, if I could just pray, I was doing good if I could make it five minutes, you know. Anybody been there? Oh, if I could just pray. How do they do that, Lord? How do they do that? And I thought, okay, I am going to learn to pray like all these other students. So I thought I'm going to practice at home. So I set the alarm. I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock, and I'm going to pray for one hour. And uh, this is back in Oklahoma, and I woke up, and I thought, Ooh, it is cold in the bedroom this morning. I can can pray in bed. Well, I don't have to tell you what happened. (laughs) Ten minutes later, I woke up. I thought, Well, now, that didn't work. Now, here's what I did. Spirit, soul, and body. Well, I don't have to show you, but spirit, soul, and body. I realized, okay, I am the spirit. So I looked at my spirit. I am the parent. I have two children, a soul and a body. And I, so I said to my body, okay, you had bad behavior this morning. You were not supposed to go to sleep. So out of bed. You go sit over there on the chair. I said, I'll give you a blanket, but you got to sit on the chair. (laughs) So I made my body sit in that chair. I said, now we're all three going to pray. So we started praying, and there went my other child. That soul of mine wandered off into the kitchen. Wonder what I should have for breakfast. (laughs) I had to tell my mind, you be quiet. And you get back in there, and we're praying. Here comes my soul, my body sitting on the chair, and I'm right there. We're all three praying. About five minutes later, there went that soulish child again, off into the closet. What am I going to wear to Bible school today? It was this constant thing. I had to discipline. My body was not so hard. It stayed in the chair. But it was that soul. I had to discipline my soul time and time again. I had to keep saying, you be quiet, you be quiet. You have to focus. I thought, I need a target. I need a target so that my soul had something to focus on. So I thought, well, we're going to pray for Brother Hagen. We're going to pray for all the teachers. So I had a target and helped my, my mind to stay focused. And within a few days, we made it. A whole hour, we were all three praying. Well, see, sometimes you've got to speak to your body and say, body, you were designed, made by God, to receive this medicine. Now, you line up, and you receive this medicine. Yeah. Speak to your body. Say, now, line up. Amen? So, see, sometimes we just have to be tough. But, but you are, you're the one that's in charge. You are the parent. So we've got to do uh, and, and take authority over those things. So you've got to have the eye gate working, the ear gate working. You've got to understand your authority and take your... Does that help you to see... That, that vest and stuff. But you have to remember, regardless of what does or does not happen to someone else, you have got to stay with the word. Now, I want you to go back to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. We read in verse 23, uh, like it says in the NIV, Above all, guard your heart. We want to guard it against the facts. Now let's look at the very next verse. <clears throat> put away from you a froward mouth and perverse lips. Put far from you a proverb proverb mouth, or we could say a deceit, deceitful mouth, is a mouth that speaks an untruth. It was Proverbs four twenty four. A deceitful mouth is a mouth that speaks an untruth. What's another real simple word for untruth? a lie. It tells us that uh, in, in Proverbs 6, 17, one of the things that God hates is a lying tongue. Every time we walk around the house and we might say, oh, my headache is killing me. Oh, my back is, oh, it's killing me. Oh, these allergies are driving me crazy. God is probably up in heaven saying, I wish my children would stop telling lies. Every time we say, oh, these allergies or my sinuses or my back is killing me, God is saying, that's a lie. Because it is written, by my stripes, your back is healed. It is written, the bowed over shall be made straight. It is written, it is written, it is written. He says, don't keep telling lies. That's pretty strong, isn't it? I mean, we got a lot of, there's some sin in the camp. (laughs) We don't want all this sin in the camp. But that's what he says. You are telling a lie every time you say that. Now, uh, look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. It says, We snare ourselves with what? The words of our mouth. That's why it is so critical that we have the truth in us on a rich level. And you know what I do? I used to have, uh, when I lived in Nebraska, uh, I had a big garden. I lived out in the country and I had a big garden. And I loved tomato plants. And I would have all these plants, and I'd put them all in a row. And after I'm all done planting, I'd just step back and look at is that row straight. Oops, there's one plant that's not quite lined up. So I'd go over, and I'd just pull up that plant, and I'd put it right, because I want them all in a nice straight row. And I'd put it back in there. I uprooted it and put it where it needed to belong. What I've learned to do is, I, because the Holy Spirit is your helper, I say, Holy Spirit, I want you to help me every day. And every day I start to say a lie, I want you to check me. Mm, yes. So when he checks me and I just said a lie, I, I uproot that lie. Just like I uprooted that tomato plant, I uproot the lie. And I say, Lord, I repent of telling that lie. I uproot it. I ask you to forgive me right now for speaking that lie. For it is written by by your stripes. And then I speak truth. So I've uprooted the lie and I spoke the truth. Simple. But you need the Holy Spirit. Always use the Holy Spirit to help you. And then, you know, we're all citizens of heaven, right? We're in this world... But we are not of the world. I travel all around the world preaching. I just got back from India and Thailand and Burma just a couple weeks ago. I've been in 38 countries. And when I'm in these other countries, uh, for example, um, I can't go into a Chinese restaurant. I can't speak German in a Chinese restaurant and expect to get apple strudel. As a citizen of heaven... I cannot speak the world's language and expect heaven's results. So I can't keep speaking lies and expect to get the truth. Truth says, I is healed. Amen. So it says here in Proverbs uh, twenty-one, twenty-three: He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Very powerful, isn't it? So it's so important that we guard our mouth and our tongue. And there again, the more you have that word in you on a rich level, the easier it is. Because again, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by truth, not by facts. And another thing I like to say again, like I said earlier, is to stay Stay in that love of God Be rooted and grounded Be able to comprehend the height and depth And the width and breadth of his love Because once you comprehend His love for you Walking by truth Comes so much easier The more you comprehend his love Walking by faith Walking by truth It just comes so much easier Amen 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 amen. Now turn to Deuteronomy 30 Deuteronomy 30 We're talking about The power of our words Power of the tongue In Deuteronomy 30 It says I have set before you Life and death Blessings and cursings And then he tells us Which one to choose Choose Life Now this is an open book test I mean you can't get any easier than that He tells us what to choose But another thing I love about the Lord He not only tells us what to do He tells us How to do it Now turn if you would To um, Was that Deuteronomy I gave you Deuteronomy 30 19 Now turn to Proverbs 18 Proverbs 18 21 Now he tells us how To choose life Death and life, blessings and cursings, or we could say sickness or health, are in the power of the, what? The tongue. I want to give you an illustration on something. Uh, Gary, I'm going to have you help me. Everybody watch Gary now. He's going to help me. Gary, I want you to go up here and pick up that chair and put it right here towards the front. Gary's going to pick up the chair. Thank you, Gary. Now you stay right there. Did you all see Gary bring that chair over here? Did he pick it up with his nose? No. With his eyes? No. He picked it up with his hands. Now, in this scripture, um, the tongue most usually is in in the Hebrew language. It is usually very graphic and used as a hand. The tongue is pictured like a hand if you look that up in the Hebrew language so he picked that up with his hands his hands and your hands my hands have the ability to grab hold of something or release something your hand has that ability his hands had the ability to pick up that chair and bring it up here now I want you to take that chair and turn it around and have it face the other direction Perfect. his hands pictured like a tongue had the ability to turn that chair completely around your tongue is like the pen of a ready writer your tongue has the ability to speak to every sickness, every disease and turn it completely around thank you Gary you see how powerful that is when you and you get a revelation that how powerful your tongue is that it is pictured uh, in the Hebrew language as a hand that all things are subject to change when you speak from your from your spirit you speak those words of life and you can turn that situation completely around God forbid that you and I Would be a mouthpiece That glorifies the works of the devil That we would open the door For the devil to come in And kill, steal and destroy Because of the words that we speak It is so powerful That is why you've got to get that word in you On that rich, rich, rich level Amen It is absolutely critical I can't emphasize it enough Uh, You've got to use the eye gate, the ear gate The mouth gate, the heart gate You know what I do every night And uh, I'm so grateful now for having an iPad And and, uh, iPhone and and, um, iPod um, That I can listen to a sermon every night when I'm traveling But every night at home I never go to bed without listening to the word of God And you know what I do, what happens? I fall asleep before that sermon's over you know what that's okay because do you know which part of me went to sleep just my house my spirit didn't go to sleep god is a spirit and we are a spirit god never sleeps he never slumbers neither does your spirit only your house fell asleep so while that tape is still playing it's feeding my spirit And my spirit just gets richer and richer and richer. And then the other thing I do, I have on my nightstand, I have a a pad of paper and a pen. And I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit wakes me up at night. And he might say one word. He might say a couple of things. He might give me a whole lot of information. And so because it's dark in the room, I keep it dark. I'm not going to turn on the light because if I do, I'm going to get distracted. The pictures on the wall, the curtains, I don't even usually open my eyes because he's speaking to my spirit. He's not talking to my mind. He's talking to my spirit. So I just reach over with my eyes closed. I reach over. I got my pen and paper. I'm ready. I am ready to hear from God at all times. So I pick up my pad and my pencil And I thought, okay, here's the top of the paper (laughs) Write down what he said And it's pretty scribbly in the morning But I write it and I bring my hand down And come over here, write the next Come down, it's pretty scribbly But if I don't write it down I won't remember it because it didn't come To my memory, it came to my spirit So I've got it right there It's just like when sometimes Somebody's given a prophetic word, people write it down Let me tell you what he said because you may not remember it (laughs) You know, so work with God. Work with your Holy Spirit helper. He is your helper. And sometimes we think, sometimes you ever scratch your head and think, oh, it's a mystery to me. Well, the Holy Spirit is the revealer of secrets. He's the revealer of mysteries. So you want to work with the revealer. The more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more in tune you're causing the ear of your spirit to become more in tune with the voice of your Father. You know, if you can just, I'm going on here, I'm going to stop for your break, but you can just imagine a big circle. God's at the top, and we're down here, and for illustration's sake, we're going to say that the Holy Spirit is at both sides. So when I pray via the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes our prayers up into the throne room. God always hears our prayers. The eyes of the righteous, he always hears. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. He hears their prayers. So when I pray, the Holy Spirit takes my prayer up to the throne room. And now God hears my prayer, and he's going to answer my prayer. And he's going to answer it via the Holy Spirit. Because it says in John sixteen thirteen, The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth Has come to guide us into Half the truth or all the truth He's come to guide us into All of the truth He's going to guide you into The truth of what you need to know Maybe you need to make some adjustments in your life Or your diet or something for healing He's going to guide you And it says the Holy Spirit is only Going to speak What he heard the Father say. Tell him to say so when God answers my prayer, it's going to come to me via the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to hear it on the inside here. And so I am ready to write it down so I don't miss it. Mm. But see how important it is? Work with your helper. I mean, I just love the Holy Spirit. You know, if you can learn to work with the Holy Spirit, that is, that is more valuable to you than Uh, A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, because he lives inside of you constantly. It is more valuable to me, not, not putting down the gifts of the spirit. You understand what I'm saying. But if you can learn to work with your helper, he is there for a purpose to help us to live a victorious life. Pray in the Holy Ghost, worship in the Holy Ghost, sing in the Holy Ghost. Just be so attuned. You can pray in the Holy Ghost after you've done your shower scriptures. <laughs> pray in the Holy Ghost when you go walking, if you're on the bus, if you're, you're cleaning out the, the garage or you're washing dishes, whatever you're doing. Just get so into the habit of talking with the Holy Spirit because he's always going to talk to you. God, is, God loves our fellowship. Yeah. And you may not hear it at that moment, but you will hear it. You will hear it. Amen. Yeah. God bless you. We'll take another break and come back in 10 minutes.